Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey everyone, welcome to Inverse. My name is Justin Kim, and we're so happy that you decided to join us, whether it be by podcast or by videocast or social media or YouTube or whatever satellite or smoke signals that we're sending out to you. We're glad that you are with us. In the studio, we have Israel, Siku, and Jonathan. This is our crew for the next uh, 12 weeks. We are looking at the topic of Adventist heritage. If you don't know what Adventist is, you want to stick around with us, and we'll tell you everything there is to know about the Adventist denomination, what we believe, what we eat, what we do because we believe it is a biblical denomination and you may think what in the world well stick with us and if you haven't uh, been with us last week you can go to inversebible.org you can look at the bible study guides there on the topic of adventist heritage and we are currently in episode two lesson two but uh, you can you can backtrack to lesson one where we talked about the what did we talk about last week jonathan we talked about the great disappointment. The great disappointment. Yes, uh, which is uh, a, a misunderstood prophecy of the book of Daniel, mm-hmm. out of which um, later on the Seventh-day Adventist churches um, kind of – people out of that movement um, mm-hmm. later on uh, started the Seventh-day Adventist church. We talked about how we can be ready for the second coming of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, we looked at Matthew 25 and how the, the parable of the virgins mm. uh, impacts us today. And the point that it, the point that it makes is you need a relationship with Jesus today. Hmm. You need the Holy Spirit today um, uh, to be ready when He comes, because there awesome. is an apparent delay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, very good. You, you don't have to look at the lesson. You just, <laughs> Jonathan just taught the <laughs> lesson right there. Give me a call. <laughs> well, let's have a word of prayer, and then we're going to go to Hebrews nine uh, today uh, that addresses a certain. Um, I, I love how Adventist Street. There's a, there's a problem. They go back to Scripture, mm. and then the Scripture finds the answer and addresses the problem, and they move on. And then there's a new problem, and, then they go, and it's just kind of this it's, – it's a cool construction that's going on. So um, let's go to Israel. Israel, can you pray for us today? Yeah, let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we're thankful for uh, your leading and your guiding in our past history, mm-hmm. which gives us the assurance that you will lead us not just today but also throughout our whole lives. As we study your word today, we ask for the blessing of your presence to lead us and to guide us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Um, Siku, the the Adventists, um, uh, you know, I'm thinking of of a couple of things. Before we actually start with this episode, there are some disclaimers that we want to mention. Uh, Jonathan and I were talking before, just in, in before we, this episode was starting, and if you watched the last episode, we did make a couple mistakes. And so we are here at Inverse. We are humble enough to own up to our mistakes. The first one, Jonathan, was the mistake that you made? The <laughs> <laughs> mistake I made. Uh, disclaimer to that. I'm European, so I have an excuse. Okay. I mentioned that William Miller fought in the Revolutionary War. Yes. And he may have, but um, I don't know that. But <laughs> the point, I, I said that he fought in the Revolutionary War. What I meant was the War of 1812. War of 1812. Yes. That's yeah. where he had that experience where, where he realized God does care about his life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And what was your mistake? My Justin? mistake that uh, that I am just as equally guilty of is uh, I didn't know the name of the preacher who was known for his eloquence. His name is George Whitfield. Some pronounce it Whitefield, but he was known for his eloquence. And before the time of microphones and 
<laughs> microphones and headphones. <laughs> um, that he would be able to speak to like twenty, thirty thousand people in an auditorium, mm. and he would just use just his natural diaphragm. And you know, the, the saying is he would say the word Mesopotamia, and people would cry because it was so eloquent. Uh, I wish I could, you know, people people cry for different reasons when I speak. <laughs> we'll try uh, to say it now, see what happens. Yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> All right, so let's go into our, our topic here. Uh, we are talking about the early Adventist, Advent believers, and Siku. What was one part of the the the? So we talked about the disappointment, mm-hmm. and then uh, there was a problem, and what was the answer to that problem? Oh. Can set, set us up. Okay, so the problem was that they expected that Jesus would come. On October 22, 1844, mm-hmm. they waited and waited. They said other dates, but they eventually rather that date. Right, right. Yep. right. Yep. Um, and eventually, like, he didn't come. Yep. And so because they had invested so much and they really believed with all their hearts that the world was going to end because Jesus was coming, mm-hmm. they were super disappointed, mm-hmm. right? So it's called the Great Disappointment. Um they what they had misinterpreted was a prophecy in Daniel chapter eight, mm-hmm. where it talks about at the end of this long time prophecy of twenty three hundred days years, mm-hmm. um, that the the sanctuary then would be cleansed, and they naturally assumed that the sanctuary meant the world, which is which was a dominant understanding of what it meant by sanctuary in that day, mm-hmm. um, and so. Uh, in in biographies of people who are, who experience this, they talk about just weeping and weeping and crying. Um, on the day after Jesus didn't come, October twenty three, they were just they cried all night and mm-hmm. into the morning. Um, and then you have uh, this guy named Hiram Edson at in his barn at his house. Um, he had some people had gathered over there, mm-hmm. and they were just, I mean, guess in shock, you know, mm-hmm. at what had transpired, and. Coming out of that, you know, in the morning, he decided to go for a walk and walk across his field to go visit some other Advent Advent believers um, to encourage each other. And he was walking along the field with his friend, um, Owen Crossier. And as they're walking, like he just... You know these names are just coming out of here. Good, 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 good. good. But, I mean, the story is, like, pretty crazy, right? So, like, they're walking (laughs) in the field. You just studied your lesson. Yeah. That's good. And he just... stops suddenly Hiram yeah. Edson stops and and Crossier is like what's going on and he's like God is showing me the answer to what transpired and what he describes later is that he just he saw this this kind of vision I guess so to speak of a sanctuary in heaven mm-hmm. so, they, so we don't know exactly what is he, he experienced right. whether it's a vision imagination Imagine. or whatnot but the idea popped into his mind mm-hmm. of, of this right we'll corroborated by scripture we'll get into that but sorry just wanted to right yeah. so i mean story-wise so he he has this experience mm-hmm. this epiphany i don't know mm-hmm. right um and so they rush back to the barn and they delve into the bible mm-hmm. they're just like what is this concept mm-hmm. we need to look again at what does it mean mm-hmm. the sanctuary mm-hmm. and that became the key um, to understanding what had what they had gotten wrong mm-hmm. when they was to understand the prophecies mm-hmm. wasn't the, the 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 timeline that was wrong they had landed on the right dates ultimately, but they had misunderstood that key phrase mm-hmm. and th- the the most beautiful part about this to me was that they went back to the Bible mm-hmm. you know like in that moment of disappointment, you know God gave them enough light for them to go back to scripture and delve into it. And that's exactly what they did. You know, the lesson for me that I take away, and I, just, I love this because it's, just, it's so, it happens to me even today, not just only 1844, 1844, 
for, um, <laughs> is that there are three groups emerged. One, they're disappointed, so they're just like, man, this was all, you know, you know, junk, Wrong. you know. So I reject it all, forget it. Now, option two was they spiritualized it and they said like, you know what? Oh, Jesus came, but he came into my heart, and so and then this was a good experience. Let me just move on. And option three is exactly what you're saying to go back to the Bible. I think we do this today. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, there was a fourth group. There was a fourth group who kept setting dates. Okay, oh, kept setting dates. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, I feel like we do this today. Like even in the menial things of like, you know, I was dating someone, but we broke up with that person, and like, hmm, why God? Why did you allow this to happen? Mm-hmm. Well, one, uh, maybe God, you just don't exist because you didn't, you didn't, you didn't bless my relationship. Mm-hmm. Option number two is, um, well, uh, this the, the, you rationally. I had to break up with this person to meet the next person, or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Option three, mm-hmm. let me go into the back in the Bible and be like, man. Maybe I'm a jerk. Maybe mm-hmm. that person is not. Maybe and you, you start seeing or, and you start rationalizing and mm-hmm. reconstructing what God had done or, yeah. you, know, uh, the, you know, you can think of all the crazy. We all know the crazy, yeah. you know, people out there. And if you don't know them, maybe that's maybe it's you, you are those people uh, that, that, that just that do this. But same thing happened in the 1800s. Mm-hmm. Uh, just on a side note, that, that is really profound because as Seventh-day Adventists, historically, as you have mentioned, is – is we go back to the Bible when yes, there's an yes, issue. Right. But this should go beyond just, you know, okay, let me figure out this prophecy. This should go for every aspect of life. Yes. Because naturally, That's right. psychologically, it's, if we do what you do, what you just explained all the time. <laughs> what do you, you do? Know, what do you do? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we do this all the time. Yeah. And we need to be saturated with Scripture. Yes. Spending time in Scripture. Like, yes. Okay, um, here's an issue. What does Scripture say? Not what do I want to be true or right. how can I, you know, psychologically uh, wire this around? Right. What does Scripture teach me? Mm-hmm. And it may hurt, but hey, the joy comes in the morning, right? right. The Lord will provide. So I really, I really appreciate it because I think that is a core essential of what it means to be a Seventh-day Adventist. Right. It's yeah. beyond just the prophetic dates understanding. It's yeah. understanding And what they went through is like, you know, like this word. was right, this was right, this was right. Ah, but my understanding of this was wrong. Mm. I was wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Whereas we don't, we don't come to that point often in our, no. it's like, you know what, I was, I was right, I was right, I was right. And so then we try to gloss it over. Yeah, no, I was, it's funny that everyone's saying that because I wrote here on my notes at the very beginning uh, right before you asked me to pray, I was writing down frantically so I don't forget. And I was like, "Yeah, doctrinal and doctrinally and historically, yeah. in both cases, the Bible was always central mm-hmm. to Seventh Day Adventism. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just that our message emerges from Scripture, mm-hmm. but in history, every time something happened, every mm-hmm. major event, there was just this uh, this this magnet that drew us as a people, and and it was the Scripture, the Word of God, mm-hmm. and and. Oh, that today that would be the case with us, mm. you know, that, that in everything that we do, we would just be drawn to mm-hmm. Scripture to mm-hmm. find reality rather than to force mm-hmm. Our, mm-hmm. our will upon reality. And that's really that, – that, that's where our identity mm-hmm. should be at. Yeah. It's historically – and these other groups, they just kind of like mm-hmm. – and it's just kind of – maybe it's the remnant kind of just gets smaller and smaller mm-hmm. of like these are just Bible, Bible-based people. And just mm-hmm. to, I mean, kind of going with what we talked about last week in the previous episode, um, was that this this disappointment gave mm-hmm. an opportunity to show what kind of people they, that you are, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was just thinking when I was reflecting on the, the experience after the disappointment, what kind of person would 
be open in that moment to actually receiving new light. Mm. I mean, you, you, you changed your entire life, the trajectory of your life. You sold everything. You, you know, like, I mean, all of their lives were mm-hmm. invested in this truth that they had learned from mm-hmm. Scripture. To be open still mm-hmm. to receiving truth. Mm-hmm. I mean, that tells then, you, yes, in that, that moment, moment. Yeah. Yeah, not that, become yeah. cynical. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and in the moments where we experience disappointment, in the moments where we experience the deepest of hurts, yeah. mm-hmm. those are the moments mm-hmm. that actually reveal what yeah. kind of a person I am in that yeah. moment. And that's what an Adventist is. Goosebumps. Right, that at your right. disappointment, you go it's back powerful. to the Bible. Mm-hmm. That's what an mm-hmm. Adventist is. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's powerful. Yeah. That's, that, that's powerful. I mean, that's profound. That's not even in our notes that we came up with. Okay, <laughs> okay that's cool. Um, so let's, let's go back to, so they thought Jesus was coming. He's not, he's not, he hasn't arrived yet. So they go back to where, where, how do they, what, what, where do we go from here? Let's go to the Bible. Let's go to the Bible. Hebrews so chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9. Mm-hmm. John, why don't you read verse 1, 2, and then 15. Okay. <laughs> 1, 2, and 15? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Hebrews 9, uh, verse 1. Then indeed, even the first covenant had ordinances of divine service and the earthly sanctuary. For a tabernacle was prepared, the first part in which was the lampstand, the table, and the showbread, which is called the sanctuary. And then verse 13. 15. Thir- 15. 15, sorry. And for this reason... He is the mediator of the mediator of the new covenant by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant that those who are called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. Let's do also verse eleven. That's a nice one. Sure, it's really that whole section there, but we don't read all of it. It gets it gets it gets quite quite in there, but yeah. just we're hitting the high parts. Verse eleven. Sorry. But Christ came as high priest of the good things to come with a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation. Yeah. So on one side, uh, Adventists are accused of, this is the great Adventist Mm -hmm. cover-up conspiracy within the Adventist church, right? Maybe that could be our headline for our our video. (laughs) That, hey, they thought Jesus was coming. They're trying to save face, Mm -hmm. protect them. And like, oh, hey, and they just created, like, there's this heavenly sanctuary, and then Jesus came up there, and da-da-da-da. But is this... Conspiracy. Mm. Well, I think oh, I think the, the conspiracy would have been if 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 we would have rationalized what happened, mm. you know. I, and so, which one group did do that? Right. right? They say, you know what, Jesus came into my heart, right. and it was a spiritual coming and so forth. I think that would have been the natural thing to say mm-hmm. if yes. you're wanting to say. And very interesting. They use Bible verses too. Yeah. They mm-hmm. use all like the day star rising in your hearts and Jesus, you know, the Holy Spirit coming in, and they they, they use the Bible. Yeah. But I, I forget who said it. But the the true Adventists they use comprehensively all of Scripture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so yeah, and so I think what 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 emerges the aha moment for the Seventh Day Adventists is mm-hmm. that when they come back to Scripture, they realize okay, several things in the Bible make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. First of all, the sanctuary that Moses was given mm-hmm. seems to be different from another sanctuary according to this text. Because mm-hmm. here, uh, the, the writer in Hebrews is speaking, by the way, speaking to, to what we would believe, you know, our Jewish people that have an understanding of the sanctuary. He's saying, look, the sanctuary that you used as a Jewish nation mm. was made with hands. Mm-hmm. Now, if you think about it, he's trying to answer this apologetically. If you think about it, it does not make sense that the blood of goats and of and of animals, animals could could bring about redemption. Mm-hmm. Something something had to be greater than that. There's got to be something more to that story. Mm-hmm. And so, let me introduce mm. to you the fact that there is. A real sanctuary, mm-hmm. a sanctuary that was the original of which Moses received some kind of blueprints from to give you really an understanding of 
a better reality, mm-hmm. a better, uh, and, and that's what Hebrews is all about, mm-hmm. something better, a better mm-hmm. high priest, a better sanctuary, better blood, better covenant. And so it is from here that you find in the book of Hebrews, particularly in chapter 9, that you find that which is a better reality, something that is beautiful because it connects heaven and earth mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. And you have the, the sanctuary, which is speaking about the sanctuary, a sanctuary in heaven. Mm-hmm. There is, I mean, there's there, the Hebrews especially talks about a heavenly sanctuary. Uh, and it makes sense that in Daniel 8.14, mm-hmm. that the sanctuary shall be cleansed. Mm-hmm. The, why does a sanctuary need to be cleansed? Mm-hmm. And, and it, it lines up with their Jewish understanding of the, the sanctuary being a depository for all these sins. Mm-hmm. Um, why, why is this so important to us today? Why is this well, important today, so, 20, whatever year we're in? <laughs> so the 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 earthly sanctuary, yep. as it was, a, you know, it was a, it was a model of of the realities that are going on in the heavenly sanctuary, uh, the activities in the heavenly sanctuary. Mm-hmm. It's just it was to illustrate the work of God for His people, mm-hmm. um, and this is not just was not limited to the time of the Old Testament. Uh, this is you know goes to the very end uh, of time, and so. Uh, why is this important for us? Mm-hmm. Because according to that prophecy, since 1844, Jesus is engaged in um, in a part of uh, of the sanctuary service mm-hmm. that was illustrated in the Day of Atonement with the Israelites, which was a there was a one time a year event in which um, all these sins that have been transferred, everything that has been gone onto the sanctuary on a you know on a daily basis, had to be dealt with, and so um, on that day. It was it was like a, a yearly judgment day mm-hmm. because people had to sure they had to look at their own lives you know did the repentance that I you know had when I sacrificed that lamb and so on did that last did I truly repent you mm-hmm. know did they search their hearts and um, and then in in the procedures the sanctuary was cleansed uh, ironically by making it more dirty with more blood mm-hmm. <laughs> but ritually the sins were transferred out of the sanctuary. And um, were put on, you know, the uh, the in, the initiator of of sin, mm-hmm. so to say, uh, which was an illustration of Satan and the end time judgment. So, what is taking place uh, here is an illustration of the judgment work that God will do before the second coming of Jesus, mm-hmm. and that's what happened in 1844. That's what be- began in 1844 mm-hmm. and has been going on. You know, for, for me, it, it's, uh, if we can just uh, broaden out, sure. and it seems like every, every religious organization, religious religion, every religion uh, has to answer the question, what happens to bad things, your sins? Mm-hmm. What happens to guilt, all these things? There's some religions out there, Buddhism says, hey, those things are not really that bad to begin with. It's illusion of your mind. There's others within Christianity uh, maybe more of the evangelical persuasions that say, hey, when you ask for forgiveness, boom, they gone. disappear. They're mm-hmm. gone. They die with Jesus at the cross. There's others within more formal churches like Roman Catholicism where it say, hey, you need to bring your sins to the actual church and an actual priest here on earth actually absolves you of that sin. And then there's other religions out there that if you've done 80% bad stuff, you got to do 80% good stuff mm. to outdo the, the, the counterbalance and then you become neutral zero and then you got to do one more good to be in the positive, right? We're finding here in 1844 a new answer to that to that to that question. The emerged. only answer. 
new, the only only biblical answer. Yeah. Whereas Jesus is still, uh, in a sense, he has died and he's concluded the salvation process at the cross. Mm-hmm. But the effects of that 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 salvation process are still being panned out in the heavenly sanctuary mm-hmm. because all those things. When you when when I sin, I ask Lord, I'm sorry. Then Jesus's blood that was shed on the cross cleanses that sin off of me. Mm-hmm. So I praise the Lord for that. But it doesn't go away, and it, it's transferred through Jesus' ministry to the heavenly sanctuary. Mm-hmm. And not just mine, but yours and mm-hmm. Israel's and, and maybe Siku's and Siku's. Mm-hmm. And it goes all there. And then since from 1844 to now, Jesus is dealing with this this composite of all the sins in the in, in, in the world. Yeah, mm-hmm. is, I'm just trying yeah. to re- reformulate it. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And then he has to now he the point of this is it's taking place before the second coming to determine who is serious about their faith. Like who, n- not in the sense like uh, who has obtained a certain level of righteousness. It's like who has. Who didn't just say, oh, forgive me, Jesus, but went back to the old life, but who really wants to walk with Jesus? Mm-hmm. Because only those people can he eventually blot out those sins, which is the work that's taking place. I think two big ramifications of that. Mm-hmm. I used to think that Jesus, when Jesus came, the judgment started then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you're saying that when Jesus comes, all that stuff is going to be done. He's going to already know at that point. Yes. Mm-hmm. The second thing is that I used to think when Jesus comes, that's when I'll stop be- start being good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we're seeing that God is or has the uh, capability and the promise mm-hmm. to to not to wait for the second coming, and that's when I'll be sinless. Mm-hmm. But that God can give me victory over sin now. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. mean, those these are yeah. as a Seventh Day Adventist growing in the church. Yeah. These two revelations were like whoa yeah. Yeah. in understanding 1844 and the heavenly sanctuary. Yeah. Israel I mean, and then Yeah. Mm-hmm. What the same. The, the sanctuary out of all biblical doctrines is critical, critical, critical to to the significance of, of personal salvation. Mm-hmm. We can take God at his word. When mm. Jesus says, I forgive you, you know, we can depend sure. on that word to do what it says. Mm-hmm. We can believe that word wholeheartedly and find salvation. Mm-hmm. And that would be enough, right? But what Jesus does is he says, look, don't just take my word for it. I'm going to give you a visual illustration that you can partake of in everyday life that mm-hmm. shows the process of salvation. And so he institutes the sanctuary mm-hmm. in, in, in Israelite times, right? And so through the sanctuary, Israel had the ability to partake in this whole process. And, 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 and it, it showed not just the process by which a person is saved individually, but it also showed the process by which the world is changed prophetically, mm-hmm. right, historically. history And, sal- and it's like crazy because it's the history of salvation and then also your personal experience with salvation. And so when we talk about these crazy terms like judgment, uh, you know, the second coming of Christ and all these different things, they're all, or righteous living, that's all found within the system of the sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Every day a person would come and they would, and the, the priests would make atonement for the sins. They, mm-hmm. they would rectify the relationship between a sinner in God, and that that sin that would that would be uh, taken from the atonement that would be taken from the from the priest uh, and the individual would then be taken through the sanctuary experience, which you have there the uh, the, the the sacrifice, which was the cross of Jesus Christ. You mm-hmm. had the holy place, which talked about the process of sanctification mm-hmm. or transformation through you know the study of God's word, through sharing the light with other people through prayer, all of these different things. And so it was a process by which God not only forgives our sins, but mm-hmm. by, by also by a process by which he transforms the sin. Mm-hmm. And then it ends with 
the process by which he tests whether or not mm -hmm. the work has been effectual in the life. Mm. And so you have this process of personal salvation, and then it also gives us a process of, look, this is how I, as God, will systematically mm -hmm. eradicate sin from this world. Why is that important? Because I have to eliminate sin in order to keep my word that I will remember your sins no more. Mm -hmm. And so God, when God says to me, Israel, I will forgive your sins, and I will remember them no more. I can take his word at that. I can believe. But whenever doubt comes into my mind, I go to the sanctuary and I say to myself, God is not just speaking, mm. you know, out of, um, uh, you know, spontaneity. Oh. Yeah. Yep. There is a process. He's got a plan for this. Mm. And it's a legitimate plan. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that, uh, the, that last part where um, talking about that there is a plan for it. Because sometimes, you know, when you hear something... Uh, a promise or whatever it's nice but i kind of f with my husband i'm kind of like okay that's nice but how are you going to do that yeah. right <laughs> like so what's the plan what's the strategy here yeah. and it instills confidence mm -hmm. you know and I, mm -hmm. I see god doing that through the mm -hmm. sanctuary message um but i also want to talk about you you asked initially um like why this matters um to us uh, firstly the fact that god took the time to reveal it to us mm. means that it's going to be important mm. right um and at a personal level, when when I first came to understand the 2300-day prophecy from Daniel chapter 8, verse 14, and to see that we are living in a time period that was predicted in Scripture. Mm -hmm. it, it's not like oh, Jesus came and then, like, we've just been living in this void, you know, <laughs> and like, okay, when is he coming again? He's been so forever. But that, there, like, our existence now like we have a place in the bible like mm. in the bible our existence right now is foretold mm -hmm. and that's also kind of the excitement for me the book mm. of revelation is kind mm -hmm. of we're talking about today like mm -hmm. god saw me today you know and he saw my existence today and mm -hmm. he cares about my life today even in our understanding of scripture so seeing jesus going up into the most holy place in 1844 and beginning this investigative judgment ministry and seeing that we are living in that time period right now, mm -hmm. there's there's um, there is a heavenly heavenly reality that for me in my life impacts me personally now in my human reality. Mm -hmm. The fact that Jesus is up there, you know, ministering His blood, it 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 brings a sense of I guess um, I want to use the word realness mm -hmm. because urgency, not in the sense of like oh, I feel rushed, but just kind of like. Dude, like this is for real, mm -hmm. you know. Jesus, not, he didn't just die for my sins back then, but right now, even now, he is ministering mm -hmm. his blood in my behalf. Yes. You know, like mm -hmm. it, th he is doing something for me for my salvation right now, mm -hmm. and it makes me want to live a life mm -hmm. that is submitted to him to allow him to do the work that he's trying to do in mm -hmm. me. You know, not to make it for waste <laughs> that he's working for me right now. So, I think the heavenly reality it brings an awareness of of. I guess knowing where we are in history and knowing where we're living, mm -hmm. it changes the way that we live, mm -hmm. or yeah. at least it ought to. It should. And, and, and the beauty of what you're saying, too, is the fact that heaven's reality, like the reality of heaven, the reality of earth are connected because heaven, all of heaven, is so in love with humanity that they are interested. Mm -hmm. I mean, our realities parallel mm -hmm. each other, mm -hmm. you know? 
heaven's reality is our reality, and that's just a crazy thing to think mm-hmm, about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I, I love, I love Adventism because it shows that Jesus is still doing something right now. Mm-hmm. That the heaven and earth are connected right now. Things are more closer between heaven and earth and Jesus and us than more than any other time, any other time in Herod's history. But because that's why there's, I think there's more temptation that there's all this. Hey, focus on the world and all the entertainment, and hey, he's that far off. Because of that, 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 that what is, what's the musical term? Crescendo mm. is going to get louder and louder and louder. Hopefully your prayer is like, Lord, I want to get close to you right now. I want to experience the most holy place experience now. Give me the, the courtyard experience. Give me the holy place experience. And give me this day of atonement experience. That's my prayer. Hopefully that's yours. That stems from a study of the sanctuary. Stay with us as we continue next week in our study of Adventist heritage. Hopefully this has been a blessing to you. God bless. listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by the Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, This is Inverse.